morning crypto. Good morning, warriors. Hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from the top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Gonzo, otherwise known as Super G. And today, I'm joined by several members of our 3T family. We have the Italian Stalin, the leader of the Warrior Maniacs, Mr. Johnny Crypto, and my IT savior and brother from another mother, Mario the Node Defender is here. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we will be discussing the Bitcoin Spot ETF. Is it a sell the news event? With the deadline approaching for changes to the application, what does it mean that Grayscale has adopted a cash model as opposed to an in-kind model? Goldbug Peter Schiff gives his doom and gloom predictions for 2024. Is he right? We ask our team what their thoughts are. And Solana, the ETH killer narrative. I will show you a metric that shows a dent in the Ethereum armor. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube, Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. Now, that was a mouthful. Let's go ahead and start with you. Yesterday was an awesome show with Mario. Today's actually, I was thinking about this as I was doing the prep, but today's basically the last show of the year because I think, are we going to be off for New Year's Day? I think we are. But Johnny, how are you doing? Uh, how's your week been so far? Gonzo, it's been great. And, and and yes, you're right. I think this is the last show of the year. I'm not sure if we are doing it. Of course, Abs will be back. Maybe we are doing something Monday. We'll figure it out over the weekend. But with that said, let me just start like we always do. Good morning to all the Warrior Maniacs out there. We love and appreciate you guys for showing up every single day. And I'm super excited to hop into it again with our brother from another mother, Mario. Can't wait to hop into it with you guys. Yeah, definitely. Mario killed it yesterday. You know, you're starting to do this thing where you're, you and Abs make this thing look real easy. So um, how, how was your, how's your week been so far and how was your day yesterday, Mario? Oh, you're too kind, Gonzo. Good morning, everybody. Hope you're all doing amazing. I am doing good. Thank you for asking, Gonzo. Excited, man. It is the last show of the year and I actually wanted to get something done for us to do here on Good Morning Crypto. Maybe I'll uh, I'll squeeze it in as, as, as we're talking about crypto. I can multitask, I think. And uh, we'll play something right before we get in the show today for, for everybody. Yeah, definitely, man. Just just let me know. I know you're always a whiz. That's why I said he's my uh, he's my IT guy. So uh, let's start off how we always do by looking at our Good Morning Crypto. Um, I always want to say Twitter, but our X channel, right, at 3TGM Crypto. Make sure to follow us if you're not following us. Abs is constantly putting out good content and then make sure to follow everybody else. I know Johnny, we might get to one of your stories today that I thought was a, a, a good story to go over. Um, Johnny, I don't have access to the Merlin um, thing. I'm going to show the crypto bubbles, but if you want to pull up Merlin, I don't know if you want to show the total market cap. If not, I can go right into the crypto bubbles. Yep. I can pull that up while you're doing the bubbles. Okay. So here are the crypto bubbles. Totally red day. If you look at an hour. Um, you know, we're getting a bit of a correction. Also some charts and some TA. But what I really wanted to do is kind of go back since we're hitting the end of the of the year and just talk about some of these like projects, right? You can see that some of these projects have done extremely well. And I think they can give you an indicator of 2024 and the different narratives, right? We have Solana. We already know that it's the ETH killer. IMX, 500% for the year. That's really big. It's a layer two scaling solution for Ethereum, but it's big in gaming. They have tons of games that are going to come out in 2024. It's done really rare, right? Injective, right? It's running on the narrative of the Solana killer or a whole new kind of type of layer one. STX is a layer two for uh, Bitcoin. Any of the layer twos are going to do really well. Render, right? Decentralized GPU. Like if you follow stocks and NVIDIA and everything that it's done, you can see why Render has done really good. So this is really like a good idea to look at so that you can see because strength begets strength. And while, you know, depending on what kind of investor you are, you could be looking for opportunities. If you kind of want to see where the trend is, all you need to do is kind of look at 
where we're at, right? On the monthly, you can see that the stats, if you guys don't know what this is, stats and rats, these are the uh, BRC20 tokens. Uh, we saw this influx, this new thing on Bitcoin where they did inscriptions. It's basically their version of NFTs where uh, you know a single unit of measure for Bitcoin is a, a Satoshi. And so you can inscript something on a Satoshi. And so really, um, I, I think that the stats and the, and the rats and, and those kind of projects that were built, um, Ordinals is another one, is kind of like the overall wallet that allows you to see the inscriptions. Um, I, I don't think that the opportunity is there when we talk about like the actual projects, the BRC20 projects, but I think the narrative itself is, an, is something to keep an eye on because of the technology, right? You, you can see that this was the first year in 2023 that we had NFTs on Bitcoin. And so what you're seeing is a development of the infrastructure and what is to come. So I think there could be opportunities there going into 2024. I, I think that kind of ordinals and inscription NFTs, basically BRC20s, will be kind of a big narrative as we go into 2024. Um, and on the week, you can kind of see different projects start to pop up. XDC has done very well. Uh, these are two projects that I currently started talking about, say, is a uh it goes into that parallelism evm basically taking solana tech which is parallel transactions and adding it to an evm and that's what say does it's built for trading for super fast trading um it's up 66 percent. i think i started talking to the guys when it was like 20 something cents uh astroport is a dex on cosmos that falls into this kind of same narrative it's built on injective and because injective has done very well I believe Astroport is going to do very well. It goes into that DEX narrative um, and it's in that injective ecosystem. Um, so I'll go ahead and uh, like I said, we already show the hourly, but I'll kick it to you, Johnny. If you've got that thing up, I can't see you. Yeah, I'll tell you what, we got a lot of red there and, and it certainly kind of figured that was going to happen. Today is the last day of the year, at least from a stock perspective. And you're seeing the market style, right? Today is tax harvest day, guys. Great day to DCA. Uh, so take a look out there and see what's happening. When you look at the overall market cap, we see we're at 1.65 trillion. We've got 49.9% uh, BTC dominance, 16.9% dominance for Ethereum. BNB has made its way back into the top three again. There's Solana and BNB keep fighting for the third spot for the largest market cap. We've got Bitcoin at 42,191. We've got ETH at 2,300. BNB 310, Solana 106, XRP, we're sitting at 62 cents. This seems like a stable coin. It just doesn't move. Uh, we've got AVAX, $39. So things are starting to pull back. Link, 15. Let's scroll down to, uh, oh, this Optimism, $3. I'm going to go down to Quant. I know I saw it down here somewhere as we get down. Let's see, where are you? Oh, Flow. So Flow's at 91 cents. And I know it's here. I just saw it. it was around 130 or so. Um, oh, there's one of your favorites, Beam uh, Gonzo. It's in the and, gaming uh, project, yeah. Yep. And so I don't know what the heck I I bypassed. I, I know it's in here somewhere. <laughs> but a uh, lot, lot of interesting coins here to play. But, you know, at the end of the day, it certainly is. Oh, here it is. Quant is at a 135. So, you know, I kind of figured we would get a uh, a pullback today at the end of the year, and we'll have to wait and see how it plays out in the long run. But, uh, yeah, so that's basically your Merlin market cap for today. Yeah, and, and we're going to talk about – there's some stories there. Obviously, we're going to talk about the spot ETF and what's going on with that. We had Fred uh, Rispoldi on, on Wednesday, and I had I asked him that question, like, what does that really mean that they're changing the applications and they're going to – Kind of they have to enter and settle in cash as opposed to in kind so you can see that starting to be reported um and then we're going to talk about uh, you know what the team thinks as far as going into 2024 you know you're either in this camp of the narrative of that we're going to hit a recession and that the stock market and everything is going to collapse or you're in the other camp that you know what the incumbent the biden administration is going to pump the shit out of this thing right you can already kind of see it because you know they want to get voted in and nobody wants to go ahead and go into an election year talking about the stock market collapsing or you know going into a recession so we're going to get to talk about that um johnny if you can bring up my um screen um i know i'm sticking a little bit here i can show 
uh, where we're at with some TA. Yep. Can you guys up. see the screen? It it's seems black. like it's freezing. We got a blank screen. Is there. it black? Yeah. Hold on. Let me see if I can get it to come up. Yep. In the meantime, sorry for the work. technical issues. That's all right. While you're pulling that up, we can uh, we can kick it around the room. So, Mario, is there anything you're looking at from a DCA perspective on the last day of the year? Ah, uh, yeah, I do have a couple of a couple of projects. I do have a list. I don't have the list pulled up in front of me right now, but one of the ones that I'm looking into is Super Superverse. Um, waiting for a moment to get yeah. into that one, and. Uh, yeah, this is the time. I was waiting for these last couple of days of the year to see if we were going to get like a, a hefty correction. But um, yeah, we'll we'll get into that. It looks like Gonzo's got his chart up. So Gonzo, show us what you're seeing. Yeah, cool. Yeah, so you guys can see this, right? This is that four hour where we've been following the trend where, you know, I can keep extending this out where we kind of pushed up, we got rejected. I changed the color of the line because of the price action, but that's that 42,250 level that I've been kind of watching. That when we stay above it, then we have potential to kind of push up, right? We have to see what happens now as this trend line gets extended, right? But when we're below it, that's when we get in danger of going lower. So that's kind of like what Bitcoin has been doing. We kind of pushed up into it and now we're kind of back down and now we're bouncing. That's on the four hour. Um, if you look at Bitcoin dominance, uh, we've been talking about Bitcoin dominance and I'll zoom in first, right? Because we're going to talk about Ethereum and Solana and I'm going to show you something about ethereum and how it's a laggard but here's the bitcoin dominance on the uh on the weekly you can see we're getting a candle wick right where you can see that as we start to zoom in uh it looks like maybe we're starting to kind of maybe bottom out and starting to move up like the bottom was down over here at uh like 50 percent. but as you kind of start to zoom in the four hour you can see that we're curving up and we're starting to build structure you go to the two hour right so you have a low, a high, a higher low. And then now we're waiting to see, are we going to make that higher high, right? So it looks like overall Bitcoin dominance is, is starting to kind of maybe bounce, which you have to pay attention to because if Bitcoin decides to peel back and Bitcoin dominance pushes up, it's going to beat up the altcoins, right? What you want is uh, Bitcoin dominance to rise and the price of Bitcoin to rise. And then it kind of drags the altcoins up. So that's Bitcoin dominance. Um, you can see the total three. We're kind of just still in that same area, that kind of no man land to where we can keep pushing up. I've talked about this. We're at 506 billion, right? Once we broke the support here, we got kind of through this resistance. There is no resistance all the way up to that $640 billion level, right? So as long as we kind of maintain here, this thing can continue to push up, depending on what Bitcoin does, right? If Bitcoin continues to move up or move sideways, then the altcoin market is going to continue to, to rally, right? This is everything excluding Bitcoin and Ethereum. Um, if you want to look at the total market cap, we're at 1.6 trillion, right? Uh, and same kind of structure, right? Once we broke these levels down here, and now we're kind of, this is the resistance line, we're above it, right? So once we get, stay, if we could stay above this, then we're moving to the same area, right? Which is this pivot point right here, which is at about 2.14 trillion. So, you know, we need another like 400 billion to get there. But as long as we're above this, and I don't think we're coming back down, right? I think this is the support level at 1.5 trillion. So if we push up, even if Bitcoin decides to correct, I think that the 1.5 trillion will hold as support, right? And this is like we're going to hold as we continue with the next bull run and we start to kind of push higher, right? The, the total market cap last cycle was at $3 trillion. So, you know, we're, we're more than half uh, of where we were before. Um, I'll wait to show the uh, Ethereum chart uh, because uh, it relates more to the story and, and, and what's going on as far as it being a laggard. Um, so let's start off with uh, one of our stories. All right, here we go. So let's start off with this story right here. So Bitcoin ETF approval tipped to be sell the news event from CryptoQuant. I thought this was really interesting because we kind of brought up this point. Uh, I think it was now a couple months ago, like the what if, right? And then no one was really talking about it. Crypto Twitter was on fire about the spot ETF that it's going to get approved. 
it's 100%. And now, like I told you guys, Kathy Woods did an interview with Bankless, and she was the first person that's like in in the space, like a leader in the space that I heard kind of mentioning, you know, we might get some type of sell-off. It happened when gold, when the gold ETF came out, where there was all this hype, price rallied up, and then it actually got announced, it got approved, and then there was a correction, and then overall, then it started to move up. Um, for whatever reason, it erased all of my uh, highlights, but I'll just kind of wing it. Bitcoin is expected to correct to as low as 32,000 next month following the potential approval of a spot ETF, according to data provider Quant Crypto, right? In what is being described as a potential sell the news event, CryptoQuant said a note to Coindesk that traders' unrealized profits are currently lingering at a level of historical precedes a correction. So what's happening is people were very um, bearish, right? And so they were short, 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 short the market. And what was happening is they were being liquidated. And so as those positions get liquidated, it pushes the price up, right? And so what we're seeing is kind of the opposite of way. Everyone is super, super bullish, right? They're all longing, 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 longing. And what happens is as, if the price corrects, it triggers them to sell. So it causes, so it's the opposite of a short squeeze. It works in the opposite way. As price action drops, it causes these traders to sell, right? Because that's where their uh, basically stop loss is. And it causes sell pressure which causes the, pre the price to go down. That's basically kind of what they're describing in the analytics, right? Um, it says within Bitcoin, with Bitcoin up over 60% since the ETF mania began a few months ago, and with every man and his dog on x.com expecting an approval on or around January 10th, we must start to anticipate a much larger volatility event up and down in this region. Risk today is substantially higher for long Bitcoin positions than it was just a few weeks ago. So that kind of just summarizes what I was saying. Let me change it so I can see you guys. But Jelani, I'm going to start with you. What, what are you thinking? Do you think that um, it's a sell a news event? Do you think that if this thing gets approved on January 10th, that we are going to get like maybe we've topped out, we're going to get a correction? Or do you think that we could get something more like a parabolic move or a blow off top, like it pushes up and then it corrects? Yeah, you might. I'm guessing that it'll be similar to what happened with XRP when the news came out. We got a real big spike and then a crash. I'm expecting a similar behavior. I think maybe we'll get a little pump and then it'll be a, a dump for a while. Um, so they'll dump this thing. And I think that's when we'll get into the 32 to 36 range. That's what I'm, I'm, I'm hoping. That'll probably be the last time, in my opinion, to be able to DCA in into the 30s range after that. Once we kind of settle in in that zone, we'll probably go sideways. And then that'll trigger into the Bitcoin halving. Then you've got the bull run and the whole nine yards happening. So I think I think there will be one more uh, bull trap is what we call it. So it'll, we'll get we'll get, a, you know, look like it's going up. We'll get crushed and and you can kind of DCA into that zone, I'm hoping. And then after that, yeah, um, I think we continue to just go up and up and up. So it'll be the last shakeout. Uh, where they'll basically liquidate all of the leverage because there's a ton of leverage right now, right? That's the whole reason why they do it. It's liquidating the leverage. It's stealing other people's money. So they're going to steal their money, and then right. and then they're going to send the some bitch, uh, I think, as high as they can go. And I think that's when we'll, you know, start our trend up into the hundreds to the hundred thousand range. Yeah, but definitely. That's going um... to be a long time. You know, it's going to be where you kind of get a chance to buy the dip around thirty thirty two. And then maybe six months to a year later, we're sitting around 100 grand. At least that's what I'm thinking. I mean, it does make a lot of sense once we lose that kind of $40,000 level that we would retest the major support, right? Which is 32. It's where we spent all that time. There were multiple attempts of us trying to conquer that level. And we finally broke out of it all when, when, the, when we got that. Remember, it was that fake story that we got about uh, it being approved or whatever. And it started to run. And then people started to realize like, hey, Maybe we should front run this thing. And we've been kind of running ever since. Mario, what are your thoughts on this? Do you think that, you know, we're going to get a sell the news event, that we're going to get a correction? Or do you think that we're going to get some type of blow off top or maybe something different that I haven't thought of? Well, I, I think it's very likely that we can get a, a sell the news kind of event. Um, we've been We've been going up for the last few months predominantly because of this ETF news. As soon as we started getting the, the 
the inflow of ETF applications, the speculation began and people, uh, or, or I should say, Bitcoin's price started going up exponentially. So I do feel like we, we may get a sell the news kind of event. Um, it might be quick. It plays right into the um, it plays right into what happened in the previous cycles where we get that aggressive um, we get that aggressive red candle and then we will march our way back up. Um, that's kind of the way that I'm interpreting it. That's what I am looking for. Just because the market has done it in the past, that's kind of I'm looking for that rhyme. And and I know that we always talk about when is it going to be different? Is it is this time going to be different? And until now, the, the the cycles that we've had, they haven't been different. I mean, they have in in certain in a certain way if you really look at it. But at the end of the day, what we, what we've had was Bitcoin goes up. Um, right after the halving, we have this uh, we have this uh, you know flood of money coming into Bitcoin, and then that goes into Ethereum, and then it goes into uh, into the rest of the altcoins. So that's the part that I'm looking at. That's kind of the repeat that I'm looking at. Of course, we're going to get this these specific cryptos that are going to come out of nowhere and and do things that nobody's uh, expecting or that most people don't expect. And that's going to be the different part of it. We're going to have different narratives. We're going to have different sectors of crypto that are going to uh, do better than others. But the essence of how it happens has always been kind of the same. And that's what I'm looking at. And of course, it could totally be different. Of course, it could play out completely uh, uh, opposite to uh, what I'm saying. But until until we we have proof that it is different, I'm just going to try to play it the same. Yeah, you know, I, I think the important thing with all of this is, you know, we don't have a crystal ball. But I think it's important that you have some kind of plan. What are you going to do? What are you going to do to take action? Right. I'm bringing up the chart real quick because uh, I could show you this. This is the bull market support band. It's a very important kind of uh, it's the 21 and uh, SMA and EMA. It's a band. Right. And you can see that, you know, there are times where we write it as support. We were kind of in that bear market. We were underneath it. Now we're above it. But we like to come back and retest it. Right. And you can see where that level, I mean, it's still rising steeply, but it's at about 35,000, right? So 36. it would make a lot of sense, like 35, 36, right? You can see the bottom part of the band, yep. but uh, I definitely, you know, and this is going to keep going, right? This is going to keep going up. So I definitely can see us coming back to retest the bull market support band, right? It's, it's on an aggressive move upwards. And so maybe it levels off, but that's another option too, right? I don't have the 100 week um, SMA up on one of my indicators right now. So I don't want to waste time doing that. But I believe that's a, even a little bit higher. But it, it does make a lot of sense, right? When we talk about what Bitcoin does in the past, it likes to come retest this bull market support band. So maybe, you know, we do something similar to that. 34. Uh, but like, looks like what? 34 right? to 36, somewhere in that range. Set your yeah, buy exactly. limits if that's where you want to set them. <laughs> You know, definitely like it's worth it. Like you get these scam wicks that come down and it's yep. really important that, you know, I, I get it. You don't want to keep all your stuff on exchanges, but you get to a phase in the market where if you want to have these buy orders, because what happens is when you get a major correction, if you try to get into the exchange, then it's really hard, right? Because everything shuts down. But if you have a buy order that's already set, now you have to keep money on the exchange for the buy order, right? But um, usually they get filled because sometimes it happens so fast, they don't even get filled, right? But at least you have a better opportunity of it getting filled than if you're just trying to get into the app and then make a buy. It just doesn't happen that way. Like, especially uh, as we get busier and more people come into the market, right? Um, I think this all ties in with the whole spot ETF thing. You know, uh, are they giving us warnings? You got this is story I thought was really interesting. Uh, Coach CB kind of brought this up on one on, on, on his story. I think it was this morning or, or yesterday where uh, Gary Gensler is out here um, giving warnings, you know, about crypto, right? The U.S. Securities Exchange Commission Chairman Gary Gensler has issued warnings regarding cryptocurrency investments. There's a lot of noncompliance in the crypto space, he stressed, emphasizing that it undermines confidence when so many people have been hurt and they all can do it. Uh, they can all they can do is stand in line in bankruptcy court against our warning came as the market expects imminent approvals of the spot exchange traded fund, 
right? It's the same narrative that he already has, but I think it's really interesting that, you know, as we're getting close to this approval, right? Like he's giving these same warnings that he always has. It's that same rhetoric that he's giving. Um, Mario, let me, let me start with you. Do you think that maybe he's tipping his hand or he's trying to get people a heads up that, hey, maybe they deny the spot ETF, right? Do you think mm-hmm. that's a possibility and he's trying to give people kind of a heads up or do you think he's just throwing some more of his rhetoric and, and this thing is 100% guaranteed? Yeah, I I think that's it could totally be possible. Um I think that the most obvious case scenario based on the news, based on how everything's playing out is that this Bitcoin ETF gets approved. That's what everybody is expecting. Uh most people right. are saying there's 95, 98% chance that it does get approved. Uh we've got Kathy Woods as as I showed one of the articles yesterday, she's She's super uh, positive that it is going to get approved. Now, I think that that small percentage is something very important to pay attention to because it could totally not get approved for whatever reason. We've seen Gary Gensler be this kind of um, bad cop, right? We've seen him do the unpredictable kind of kind – of, uh, when he came into, into play as the SEC chair, everybody was excited. I remember the sentiment. Everybody was excited that we were getting somebody who understood – blockchain and he's going to yeah. sit at the sec chair this is going to be amazing for the space and ripple has just been slammed with a lawsuit um on jay clinton's last day and he's going to come in and he's going to dismiss this whole thing and the whole opposite happened and we have had somebody who has done nothing but try to destroy the essence of crypto and he's gone after uh, the major players in the game and he's and he's doing he's doing it by enforcing these old laws which in his mind understanding the, the technology should be able to to determine and know that it's not right it, it needs to be uh, done with using a different approach so what i'm trying to say is yeah. that because of all that because of the track record that he has as the sec chair i think that that small percentage is something to pay very close attention to pr- close attention to and be prepared Essentially, that's all you can do. Just be prepared. What are you going to do if it gets approved and we go up into the moon or we get a small correction? What are you going to do if it gets denied? Because I think if it gets denied, I, I believe it's clear we're not going to get a green candle. We're going to get a massive red candle if it gets denied. If yeah. we get approved, it's a 50-50, right? We could get a green candle because, hey, look, it's still undervalued and, and it's not priced in and we're going to go up. Or we get approved and, hey, it's priced in and uh, I'm going to take some profits. Smart money is going to take some profits and and it's going to go down. But if we get declined, if we get denied, if, it, if these ETFs get get denied for the time being, yeah. then I believe the, the that there is going to be a red candle. So what are you going to do? Just be prepared. Yeah, no, 100%. And, and if you look at it, like there was that story that happened a couple of days ago where uh, Barry, is it Silbert? got uh, stepped down from grayscale, right? And it seems like as the traditional finance world comes into our space, they've cleaned house, right? You had SBF, that trial's over, jail, right? Uh, they're dealing with Do Kwan right now when it comes to Terraform Labs. You had uh, CZ with Binance, they've settled. We don't know if he's gonna do some jail time or not. Grayscale, during the bear market, remember they had issues right? The whole thing with Gemini, they've now removed him. So it seems like they're kind of coming in and cleaning house when it comes to the leaders of the space or the old guard that kind of started this thing going and now replacing it with um, with kind of like their people. Johnny, what do you think? Is this more of this rhetoric or do you think he's tipping his hand to like, maybe we get a, a denial on that spot ETF or he comes up with a new reason to like, to deny it? Yeah, you know, I don't think uh, it doesn't matter to me whether he does or doesn't. The reality is, here's the bottom line: it's coming. We're getting it. BlackRock wants it. BlackRock has a ninety nine point nine one percent success rate whenever they file for an ETF. Let me repeat that number: ninety nine point nine. So that means there's a point oh one percent chance we're not getting it. So you know, when it comes, doesn't matter to me whether we get it in January or whether we get it in March. We're getting it. And the reality is the same thing is probably going to happen no matter what. We're going down. I think the price is going down until the March time frame, whether we get approval in January and it sells off to March 
or it gets denied in January, it sells down to March. I think there's going to be a sell down to March. And then when we get to having something, it'll all be planned out where I think we'll see a reverse and something will start happening on the positive side of it in the April timeframe, coincidentally, when the halving happens. So for me, I, I don't really pay too I don't really pay a lot of attention to what Gary says. Gary's just a puppet being told what <laughs> right. to do. He's just a puppet. He's just a puppet, you know, like Pinocchio, being told what to do. And the reality is we're moving, whether anybody can see the writing or not, crypto's here. We are moving the masses. We are converting the masses into this space now. And the masses soon will believe that Bitcoin is the next greatest thing since sliced bread. Even though yesterday they thought it was a scam, six months from now, they're all going to be loving it and hopping into it, into their 401ks and everything else. Because CNN, Fox News, and everybody else is going to tell them how this is such a great investment and there's so much upside potential and all that stuff. Because why? Because BlackRock is going to pump the shit out of this son bitch. That's what I think. Yeah, definitely. I, I think like we keep hitting on the same thing over and over again because I just think it's so important is that you just got to have a plan. Like we're not going to be able to predict exactly what happens, uh, whether it goes up or down. But as long as you have a plan and you have an investment thesis, you can execute that plan, right? And sometimes it's just sitting on your hands. Like maybe there's people that have built positions and they're in it for long term and they're just going to sit on their hands and they don't even pay attention. But like whatever your plan is, you just have to make sure you execute your plan. So the next story that I want to talk about is this kind of came up on Wednesday and it's kind of like the overall like essence. We talked about the the sell the news event, like Gary giving the warning. And then this is, I thought this was really interesting. We talked about this with Fred, right? Where they're making them make these last minute changes to the applications. They were due, I think on the 29th and um, in order to get these things approved. So I don't know if we should look at it as um, if it doesn't get done, you know, he's looking for an excuse to deny it or they're going to just squeeze these in, right? But this, we brought this up with Fred, and this has to do with the way that the, the spot ETF is dealt with as far as in-kind and, and what they're talking about here with the cash model. So Grayscale adopts cash model for spot Bitcoin ETF, but warns of adverse consequences. Grayscale Investments has adopted the cash creation model instead of the in-kind model for its proposed spot Bitcoin exchange traded fund ETF. However, crypto asset managers warned of adverse consequences. A spot commodity exchange traded product that only employs cash creations and redemptions and does not permit in-kind creations and redemptions is a novel product that has not been tested and could be impacted by any resulting operational inefficiencies. The firm filing with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission, SEC, details. So this is the big question, right? Like, it's, it's not, from what I can see from the article, it's not an efficient way to um, deal with the spot ETF. But more importantly, you have to remember that Grayscale has a, uh, a, a Bitcoin trust, right? That, that GBTC that has been closing the gap, right? And they're looking for a way to convert that, that GBTC because it wasn't a very efficient way, right? To, to actually, uh, to have it as a product. And so they're looking to transition that into the ETF. And so now it seems like what needs to happen because of this comment, right, is that they're going to have to sell that Bitcoin and then return it into cash and then rebuy it as opposed to just moving the Bitcoin into one product into the other product, if that makes sense, right? And I'm just kind of piecing things together. I am not an SEC, so I want to see with the guys' thoughts on this, but let me just read this comment. It says, Grayscale is seeking to convert the Bitcoin Trust GBDC into spot Bitcoin ETF. Although the SEC initially rejected the firm's filing, a court instructed the securities regulator to reassess its decision following the asset manager's challenge. Many spot Bitcoin ETF applicants, including Grayscale and BlackRock, the world's largest asset managers, had pushed the use, the in-kind model. However, the SEC reportedly insisted on the use of the cash creation model for the spot Bitcoin ETF. I think the only people that are that were kind of not, I don't want to say worried about this, but like I said, all the other ones are creating the spot ETF, right? Whereas um, whereas Grayscale is converting. So that means in order to get that Bitcoin into the spot ETF, they can't just move their Bitcoin into it, right? It can't go into custody or transition, right? They've closed the gap and there was always that pressure that 
people could trade in that Bitcoin or sell it because it got bought in at cheaper prices. But now it's a guaranteed thing that they're going to have to convert that whole trust into cash before they create the spot ETF. Um, Johnny, what are, your, what are your thoughts on this? What do you think about this whole in-kind thing? Do you think that it's about to cause some some sell pressure on Bitcoin? Or do you think it could cause some issue in the future to where it can be now manipulated? You know, I think it, that there's certainly more manipulation that can happen with in-kind uh, cash versus in-kind. I wanted to see an in-kind get approved, but apparently they don't want to do it because the APs don't have the ability to buy it. So there's really no way to do it. It'd be very limited. That's why they're doing it. Hopefully, when the APs have the ability to buy BTC, they'll eventually switch this thing over. But from what I understood, while the APs have to use cash in kind, the whole purpose of the court case, what the SEC, or, or I should say what, what Grayscale is suing for, is they want to be able to just convert the current GBTC into an ETF without needing to sell. And from my understanding, for them, because they're the actual asset holder, they don't have to sell the BTC. They can just restructure GBTC into an ETF structure and not they personally won't have to sell and rebuy the BTC, from my understanding. Um, but, you know, obviously anybody buying shares through the AP to them, yes, as they add new shares, those have to be those have to be bought in cash and then and then converted into BTC. But for their existing holding, from what I understand, they can just convert it over because they won the lawsuit. So we'll have to see how that whole thing plays out. Yeah, so if you see this part right, it says, in particular, the trust's inability to facilitate in-kind creations and redemptions could result in the exchange-traded product arbitrage mechanism failing to function as, efficiency, as efficiently as it otherwise would, leading to the potential for the shares to trade at premiums or discounts to the NAV per share, and such premiums or discounts could be substantial grayscale detailed. This was the problem with the GBTC thing that they created, right? It was inefficient. There were premiums and discounts, right? And for right now, there's there was a huge discount, right? And that discount has been closing. But for a while, when we were in the last bull run, they were making a shit ton of money because they were buying it at a premium. So Mario, let me kick it to you. What, what are your thoughts on this? Do you think that this is going to open the door for some manipulation or some type of sell pressure? Um, I mean, it it could uh, totally. It totally could happen. Um, but but I think I think that you know Grayscale um, is very well positioned, and and it, I, I've I've said it for since the beginning. Once they once once they won this uh, the the ability to be able to convert that GBTC over to an ETF. I always thought they deserved it because they've been creating these digital uh, digital representations or digital uh, baskets of, of cryptos. And they've been a, a positive proponent of, of the crypto space for many years. So I know that we talk about BlackRock kind of having the odds in their favor and being, you know, the powerhouse that they are. But I believe that Grayscale should have had the, the the first you know bitcoin etf i think they deserve it but if they come out at the same time then then um it would all be great yeah you know um yeah definitely like they were the first ones to kind of have the product and we'll see how it uh how it plays out so uh wow man time's flying by we got like 20 minutes um are you still working on that thing, Mario? Or I can move on to the next thing. I can talk about Solana and the whole Ethereum. You can keep going. We could show it right at the end. Okay. I just finished it. So sorry. I've okay. been a little like. Yeah, <laughs> no, I no. You're, you're totally fine. Let me try. Let me go ahead and switch my screen here. Okay. And so I probably won't go in depth. I just kind of wanted to show these, right? Because I, I want to show you an actual metric, right? You have this thing about Solana and the narrative that it's an Ethereum killer, right? Um, and it's a Solana generated tremendous hype in 2021 with fans touting its ability to solve the Ethereum ETH blockchain's core problem. Solana, it was promised, would be cheaper, faster place to handle transactions, a better springboard for decentralized finance or DeFi and other activities powered by smart contracts. Then came 2022 and all that pain. Things looked bleak for Solana. And let's be honest, most of the cryptos. It didn't help that Sam Bankman Freed was closely linked to Solana and its Sol token, which sank below $10, right? So Sol was back in the 20s in October as SBF was on trial. Then all of a sudden, Solana and Sol turned into about the hottest thing going. Sol is above $100 now, 
for the first time since early 2022 and a 47 and at 47 billion which is the fifth biggest crypto and it was briefly fourth biggest earlier this week so total market cap this is what i want to show you guys solana 47 billion ethereum 288 billion right there's no comparison but when we talk about this metric of ethereum or solana being an eth killer i wanted to show you guys this because i think this is going to be a big deal as we go into uh Sorry, I don't know why this is open. Let me close this. I don't know why this is open. You guys can see that window, huh? Yeah. I'm trying to close it, but it's freezing. Okay, so this is what I want to bring your attention to, right? This is Ethereum. This is on DeFi Llama. I'm sorry, guys. I, and there it goes. Okay, so this is Ethereum. This is on DeFi Llama. And what I want you to pay attention to is this volume, right? The volume in the seven-day, 10. 061 billion dollars right because there's a narrative that solana is going to flip ethereum right but when it talks about total value like everything that's locked in the system right it's it's a huge difference but when we look at certain metrics like is that narrative real right so when you look at the volume 10.061 billion in the last seven days right now if you look at solana look at this Volume in the seven days, 10.33 billion. So it actually flipped Ethereum. When it comes to the total volume that's come in, I think it's because of the cheap transactions, all the mean coin things that have been going on and people just finding that right now, gas fees are really high. Now, I'm gonna show you the Ethereum chart. I don't think that you should fade Ethereum. For those of you that are invested in Ethereum, I think it's just a laggard and I can show you in the last cycle how it moved and where it has potential to go. But what I'm saying is, is this really got my attention, right? And the reason why it got my attention was because it's that narrative, right? That Solana could possibly flip Ethereum. And when we talk about like narratives going to 2024, this is the first kind of chink in the armor of Ethereum, right? It's a narrative that is gonna be followed. And so while Solana is gonna still be a great investment, what it makes me think about and I'll ask the group what they think, is that you're gonna get venture capital, you're gonna get these new projects that come in, and because Solana has done this, because Solana has run so hard, you're gonna get venture capital, you're gonna get retail come in, and they're gonna start looking for the next Solana. And that's why I bring it up, because I think there's an opportunity there, right? Is, is doing research, figuring out whether it's Celestia, Say, whatever, Monad as it comes out next year, there's going to be this narrative, I think, about going after Ethereum. And there's going to be a new narrative that's going to be, what's the Solana killer, right? What's the one that's going to catch up to Solana? And I think there's an investment opportunity there. Um, uh, Johnny, what do you think? Do you think that um, Solana has the ability at some point to flip Ethereum when it comes to certain metrics? I don't know about total value lock. I mean, it's $1.46 billion. Uh, right now, if you look at on the stablecoin market cap, if you look at Ethereum, right, it's 67. That's just in stable coins, right? Uh, I mean, the metrics are huge. But what do you think, Johnny? Well, I mean, we're, you know, from an overall total market cap, we're 5x away. It has a long way to go. It's nowhere, nowhere close. But it does have a lot of hype behind it. Um, but if you're looking for an investment, it's already pumped 10x. So how much more is it going to go? Maybe you're going to get another four or five X out of it. Something like that. Maybe yeah. you see it go to four or 500. I think there's smarter, smaller plays. Um, for example, Cardano, don't, don't sleep on Cardano. Everybody's, you know, and they're not saying it because, uh, you know, obviously everybody's going to say, Oh, Johnny and Chris, you know, I don't know anything about Charles, but the reality is Cardano is also another, uh, Johnny loves story. Charles. Yeah. Johnny yeah. Loves Charles. But the reality is I think that it's, you know, when you look at what they're building, the platforms, they're huge out overseas. Now, they're not big here in the U.S., but South Africa, South America, you know, they, they've got areas there where Cardano is growing pretty high. Um, so regardless, the reality is Cardano, I think, is a play. That you, there is going to be a whole narrative around ETH killers, no question about it. And you're going to see right. a lot of those coins, I think, run, like say, and, you know, so I like those because they're in a much, much smaller market cap. Market cap. More cap right now. So those can those don't need as much money to fly. 
Um, but in the long run, you know, Solana's been, I feel like it's one of the chosen ones. It won't die. It's been beaten to death all the way down to eight bucks when we were tracking it and buying it. And and now it's, you know, where it's sitting. And I think, like I said, it's probably got another three, four, five X to go. But overall, that will be, I think, one of the key narratives as well as the gaming narrative and the AI narrative. That, and then, of course, naturally, there's going to be a whole BTC narrative as well. So those are going to be your four big narratives, I think. And regulation will be rip narrative number five um, in 2024. Yeah, I mean, definitely when you look at it, like th this market is run on different narratives and when they catch fire, they catch fire, especially when you think about when new retail comes into the space and even the institutional money, when it comes in, they're looking for the next opportunity. And I really do think that the, the next narrative uh, besides like the one that we always see about the ETH killer, right? And Cardano could be one of them. That, that ecosystem really hasn't blown up. It's lagged behind, so there could be some opportunities there but i really do think you're going to see a solana killer like what is it, maybe it's not so much the solana killer narrative but what is the next solana right because when you look at solana it is it is literally like one cycle behind eth right like they haven't had their tornado cash moment right where the government because you saw that there's only like a billion dollars in 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 stable coins right and usually when that narrative comes in about um terrorist states and money laundering, it happens in stable coins. And so Solana, as it grows, it's got a billion dollar market cap in stable coins, whereas Ethereum, you saw that it's like 30, 40 billion. They're gonna have that moment, right? Where the government comes knocking on their door about blocking addresses, right? Um, um, the uh, Anatoly was talking about that during the Bankless interview, right? They're, they're about to start having kind of governance issues as they get big, as far as like, where's the chain gonna go? When it comes to governance um mario what do you think about the the solana either the eth killer uh narrative or maybe this new solana killer narrative um i don't believe that it's going to be that easy for ethereum to be dethroned um kind of off of that number two spot i do think ethereum for this cycle will will stay will stay as kind of the you know the altcoin king uh, or that you know, at least for the category that it that it that it uh, fulfills. Um, I don't think Solana. I'm not saying that there isn't a better technology. I definitely think Solana is a better technology, and so is uh, Cardano, uh, undoubtedly. But uh, we know we know that Ethereum has got the upper hand. They've got they've got the right people. They've got the uh, the backing of of the big institutions. And so I don't think that they're going to be that it's going to be easily dethroned. Uh, in the long term, I I I think that there is the potential for other technologies or another blockchain to be a very strong competitor. But uh, for the time being, I don't think that Ethereum is going to get uh, killed per se. Yeah, I think it's more than a narrative. You know, definitely Ethereum has been lagging behind. Um, let Let me see. Uh, Johnny, why don't we, can you pull up my chart and then I could show you what I wanted to show you guys on Ethereum. Can you guys see the chart? Yep. You got it. Okay, cool. So this is Ethereum on the weekly. You can see the last cycle, right? Kind of just kind of drew this trend line here where we kind of came up, we got rejected by this level. We kind of had this top right here at 1400. We bounced off of it and then we came down like kind of like this, like this was kind of like our low, kind of like the bear market. And we got rejected by the level and look it's not exact but i'm just kind of showing you some similar like movement right and so where we could see right so it was support we lost it rejected rejected we had the c word crash we kind of got above it we tested it as support we spent some time here and then we were off to the races right all-time high and if you look at the date ranges right here this was like november of right here of 2020 right coming out of out here where, and if you look where Bitcoin was, Bitcoin, I, I want to change over because it might freeze, but Bitcoin was topping out on that first top, right? We're getting close to that top. So Bitcoin had had a significant move up before Ethereum even decided kind of to break out of this range, right? So when we go here to current times, you can see all time high, we came down support, right? Lost it, came down. We didn't even get close. You could even remember like, I, it probably, I drew a line, but you could do a box, right? From where the green line is, let's say you could draw a box right here with the price action. But you can see what happened is like, we made the all-time high, support, we lost it. We didn't even make it up there. 
We got close up here, depending on if you want to draw the line about right here. We almost got rejected. We came down. We're kind of messing around with it. But I think what, what's going to happen is once we start breaking these levels, right, and it's that, that like the DCA level is $23 to $2,400 level, right, that I, I think is still okay to DCA. But once we break this, I think you're going to see similar structure, right? Once, once we get around this thing right here, what you're seeing here, it, it's off to the races, right? And I think we're going to see the same thing. You can already see it. So I could even drop that down here, right, to this candle wick maybe right here. Same kind of thing, right? We almost made it. This was the hype of the merge. We topped out. Now we're kind of on top of it. And then once we build structure, I think we're off to the races, right? But Bitcoin is going to have to lead first. And so I do think there's an opportunity here for those of you that, you know, look at Ethereum as an investment opportunity, right? Everybody's got to do what, what what's good for them. Um, Here's a question, Gonzo. Somebody yeah, in the go ahead. Somebody in the chat mentioned it. If Ethereum yeah. gets good and the price starts crashing, would you buy or would you just not do anything? If Ethereum gets sued, would I buy if the price crashed? Yes, I would absolutely buy. And this is why. Because just like we're talking about the spot ETF of Bitcoin, right? And, and the reason they went to court grayscale was they said, SEC, you continue to deny our application but there's a futures product and the futures product is correlated to the spot product that you are denying. And the judge ruled in their favor, right? And so we already have an Ethereum's future product. We already have the applications being submitted and it could happen even faster, right? Because the verbiage that they're getting down that the SEC is going to finally approve for the spot ETF, they're going to cut and paste that verbiage into the application for the spot and i think it's going to be a narrative especially when it comes to institutions they're going to talk about how it's energy efficient that when they went to proof of stake they're like 99.9 percent .9 more energy efficient that argument is going to come up they're going to talk about the yield right now maybe three or four percent isn't a big deal to us talk about institutions that have hundreds of millions if not billions of dollars and they want to go ahead and put money and stake their ethereum with the validator and make three or 4% in yield, that, that's what they do, right? So that narrative is gonna play and the biggest part of it is gonna be the spot ETF. I'm telling you, once that, and this is just my opinion, but once we get that approval of the Bitcoin spot ETF, the media, the narrative is gonna change into the Ethereum spot ETF. And just like we saw price action start to get priced in, you're gonna see the same thing in Ethereum. That's just my opinion and so that's what I would do. I don't know. What about you, Johnny? Would you would you go ahead and buy in if they got sued and the price crashed? I'd have that truck. I'd break the reverse stick on the truck, pulling that son bitch in reverse so fast to load that thing up. I mean, listen, guys, Ethereum is green here in the crypto space. It's not going anywhere. If it gets sued, it's only getting sued because the big boys want to buy it at a cheaper price. And they know the best way to drop it down is slap a lawsuit on it. It'll lower the price. You saw what happened in the XRP. Drop a lawsuit. Dropped it, you know, 300%. It'll drop the price down. It'll scare the shit out of everybody, and they'll be buying it up pennies on the dollar. I absolutely would be backing up the truck, but I don't think it's going to happen. I think the, the big boys already own a good chunk of it. I'm not so sure they have any incentive to want to pull it back down, but if they do, I'd be ready to go. No question about it. You know, I was looking at some TA analysis on on. Ethan, the next bull run, and they're predicting as high as 14,000. That's a 7X from where we are today. That's why Solana is going to have a hard time catching them because there's no way Solana is going to be able to get up to a, to a market cap that's equivalent to a $14,000 price of, of Ethereum if we even get there. But we saw highs of around 4,000 in the last bull run, and I think that you're going to see we're probably going to – we're going to break that. We're definitely going to break that, especially with a spot ETF coming – you know, for, for, for Ethereum after the BTC one comes in. So there's a lot of, a lot of locked value in it. I don't think it's going anywhere. You're just going to see a thing go higher. So we can all pray for that. It'd be a great buying opportunity, but I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, you got EIP 4844 coming, you know, that's the next upgrade. It's going to make the gas fees on their twos very, very cheap. And the same thing for Ethereum, it's proto dank sharding. You know, they still have to pull it off, but, you know, definitely don't fade it. Mario, any any thoughts or uh, should we uh, move on to the next thing? 
No, I, I would buy two. I would definitely buy two from for many of the reasons that you and Johnny have mentioned as well. Yeah, it's it's uh, to me it's the it's the uh, ripple case all over again, right? It's the same thing. Like you know, people that didn't sell their ripple and that bought in at that bottom that ended up being a hell of a trade even with where you know price action has gone with xrp where we haven't gotten that parabolic run from where it was at there we've 3x right 17 to 20 cents 60 cents 3x if you pull profits when it was at 93 four or 5x right so there's definitely uh I, even if you hate ethereum or you don't believe in the technology even on a short-term swing trade um, you know, getting in at that and then getting out. Um, I, I, I think there's a trade there. Um, let's go on to the next thing. Wanted to give you guys a little bit of alpha. This is my Twitter uh, page, but I'll show you the website. Um, it's on my pinned profile. It has to do with the DOP testnet. Um, for those of you that missed out on the airdrop uh, for Gito and Jupe that's coming up for Solana, um, this is a going to be on the Ethereum blockchain. It goes into the whole privacy narrative. Uh, it's real easy to do. All you need is MetaMask. You connect, you create a wallet. It's going to give you a seed phrase. You can just write it down or just copy and paste it. It's not really important because it's a test net. Um, you're going to connect your MetaMask and then it gives you all these little steps to do. And basically it's showing you how the technology works, but it'll basically connect to your MetaMask. It'll allow you to mint USDC. Um, you don't, you're not paying gas. You just approve it. Um, and then what you're doing is you're encrypting the crypto, you're moving it from one address to another, and then you're decrypting it. And the whole point of it is that it doesn't show up on Etherscan, right? So it's a whole privacy narrative. This is like DOP, it's their testnet. I think you have until the end of the month, um, if you're interested. Like I said, um, I don't know if Johnny's going to eventually post his referral link on there, but it takes about 10, 15 minutes. And when they come out with their token, you're going to get an airdrop. And you never know if this thing really takes off because it's in the privacy narrative. Um, it can do very, very well. Um, the last thing I want to show you guys a little bit of alpha two is we talked about this. Um, this is uh, Kepler. If you have a Kepler wallet um, on um, Injective, if you buy some Injective on an exchange like Kraken, you can move it over into your Kepler wallet and you can stake it. These are the two staking validators that I use, Black Panther and Talus Protocol. This is an NFT protocol. And this is DeFi. And the reason why I'm staked with them is because Injective, you see the price run that it's done. It's at its beginning stages. Injective is the main layer one. And now all these protocols are being built on top of it. And so um, these two have confirmed airdrops. And so that's why I'm, I've staked 50-50 of what I had in Injective into these two protocols because um, it'll qualify me for the airdrop, right? And so depending, like you saw what Celestia did, Celestia was an airdrop that was on the Cosmos ecosystem for people that had Adam and Juno stake um, and Osmosis, but you had to kind of claim it. Um, it wasn't just automatically given to you. I think it'll be the same thing for these. So we'll keep the community updated. But I mean, Celestia did really, really well. I know I missed out on the Celestia airdrop. Um, Johnny, uh, Mario, I'm not sure. Did you guys miss out on the Celestia airdrop? I did. And terrible of me because I'm so big on the Cosmos ecosystem. I can't believe I missed that right. one. But I'm yeah. I'm making yep. sure I'm not missing any more. I did do the um, I have been doing a few a few of the actions in order to get a couple of airdrops. I think one of them is Namada. I think that's one of them. Oh yeah, there that's you go. Up. Yep. Yeah. 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 Celestia is the other one. I have Celestia staked with Crypto Cito, uh, Stake Cito. Uh, he goes way back with the Academy. I just chose him, uh, and because um, I think Celestia again, lots of platforms protocols coming to Celestia. And so I think eventually there'll be an airdrop. So I just kind of have my Celestia staked with Stakecito and then we'll wait to see what happens. But I'm definitely keeping an eye on it. I'm not sleeping after the whole Celestia thing. Uh, so I want to make sure that, that uh, you know, we can partake and, you know, you just never know. It ends up being kind of like uh, stimulus checks for the crypto ecosystem. You can see how well uh, um, Pike did and uh, Gito did, right? And then they've got Jupiter coming up. Um, you know, it's it's airdrop season. Uh, how much time do we have left? We're done. Right, let me see. Thirty seconds, brother. We're Thirty out. seconds. Okay. Well, we won't go to video. Peter Ship. We'll leave that. But I uh, love you guys. Um, Abs will be back next week. I'm not sure if we're doing a show on Monday or not. I, I think we're probably not. But just probably keep your not. notifications on, uh, just in case we do, because you'll get a notification. But love you guys. Appreciate all your time and your patience with the technology. Uh, and uh, as we always say, 
Warriors, rise. Yes. Love you guys. Have a fantastic end of year and beginning of new year. And here's that video.